0: I mean, you ought to sometimes really contemplate, number one, you, and then this. Uh, how firm a foundation. The first thing you need to do is make sure you're saved, you're on this foundation, you know you're saved, you're secured, you know i got eternal salvation. And then once you get that thing, I like verse 2, it says, fear not, I'm with thee. It's, it's believing that you got saved is the key to this whole thing, and, and that you trust in Jesus Christ and your faith is in him. I, I, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I love these songs. Because, and then then life goes on. It says, fear not, I am with thee, be not dismayed, for I am thy God, I will uh, still give thee aid, I'll strengthen thee. So he starts strengthening you, but guess what's going to happen? You know why he strengthens you? Verse 3, When through the deep waters, I call thee to go. You're going to go through this stuff, there's no way out of it. Uh, it's part of your life, it's just coming. But what you do is you say, uh, the Lord says, I'm going to take you through it. And then what you do is you go back and say, okay, the very first verse say, how firm a foundation. Hey, I stood on you, I'm trusting you. And I'm about ready to die, so either you're going to take care of me, or I'm going to be with you in a minute. And uh, you'll find out he'll take care of you. He just takes care of you. And then he goes, win through fiery trials. So if the deep waters wasn't bad enough, he waits you you get out, got to dry you off some. So he runs you through a fiery trial to dry you. It's like going through the dryer. And he goes, uh, thy pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient. You learn that as you go through life. You start learning that, hey, he can take care of me. 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 Uh, Brother Adam just mentioned the the world is in a strange place right now. Sure it is. Uh, It's always been in a strange place. It was in a strange place when Jesus came. Guess what? It was in a strange place when uh, Abraham was here. It was in a strange place when Adam and Eve was here. The devil was still in the garden with them. It's always a strange place. Uh, The soul, here's this last verse. I love it, man. The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose. I will not. I will not. I will not. I will not. This man who wrote this song knew exactly what he was saying. Uh, Desert to his foes. The soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, and it's going to try to shake you. Is something too loud here? Something sounds like it's really, really loud. Testing one two. Testing one two. I wish I had a thing up here. I'd turn it down. Uh, but but he says right there. He goes. The soul. Uh, the soul that Jesus had leaned for repose. I will not. I will not. Desert to his foes. The soul. Though all hell should endeavor to shake, and the devil's going to try to get you, and uh, you can bet in these these days and hours, he's going to try to get you, uh, mess you up, make you think something, make you think uh, that the world is against you, that you're all by yourself. If he can isolate you and get you where you can sit by yourself somewhere and all of a sudden says, woe is me, pity is me, boy, he'll give you all the woe stuff you ever want to get a hold of. He'll make you feel bad. He says, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Uh, I've been doing this thing for 43 years. And I'm telling you, he has never forsook me. Uh, Genesis chapter 24. Uh, and there's a, there's a method to the madness. There's a method. Uh, and I, I like John. I just watched a thing on John uh, Wesley and Charles Wesley and uh, and some little George Whitfield got in there. And uh, and when you sit there and look at those guys in the day that they were in, uh, Wesley, Wesley was serving Jesus Christ lost. Uh, he did not know what he was. He got into one of the meetings when I went to a meeting. And between him and Charles and, and uh, Whitfield, uh, the Great Awakening started occurring. And the next thing you know, here we are hundreds and, uh, a couple hundred years later. And we're here uh, because of some work they did. We're here because of some work that the King James scholars did that put a Bible in your hand. We're here because Jesus Christ decided to do something and help us out. We're here because, he, man, I'll tell you what, it's just, it goes on and on and on. It never stops. Uh, and you sit there and look at that thing, and all we got to do is endure and But to understand that the world is not what it, <laughs> its not this rosy thing that everybody thinks all the time. It never will be rosy, uh, but it can be rosy for you to walk through it. Man, I tell you what—I've had a good time walking in the last 43 years. Uh, I, I got to learn a whole bunch of stuff. And every time something bad happens, uh, I find myself right now turning to Jesus Christ. You say, "Well, that's a coward." Well, maybe I am. I don't know. I just like it. It makes sense. Verse 34. <laughs> I start that to say this, uh, chapter, Genesis chapter 24. I better get there myself. 34 don't look the same as 24. Y'all probably wish we in 24, 34. Verse 34. He says this. He goes, and he said, Eliezer's talking here. Again, he's a picture of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Isaac is a picture of Jesus Christ, type of Jesus Christ, and Abraham is a type of the Father God. Uh, and he said, I am Abraham's servant. I'd like to say stop right there for a few minutes because uh, the, the churches in our world today, Pentecostal churches, they're all out there uh, speaking in tongues, faith, healing, they got to see everything. Uh, take your Bible, go to Exodus 21 real quick. But you're a servant. A servant never speaks of himself. A servant always speaks of his master's goods. A servant that speaks of himself is someone who doesn't want to be a servant. They want to be a master. And they're looking for the opportunity. So they may be a servant at this particular moment, but they're looking for an opportunity to be a master out there somewhere. Uh, I personally would wish, I tell you what, man, I like somebody telling me what to do. I like the captain always telling me. People couldn't understand how I could thrive in the Navy. I could thrive if it was a piece of cake. Uh, Because they tell me what to do. And you say, oh, is that all you do? You're a robot? No, 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 no. I wasn't no robot. Not by a long shot. Uh, but they'd tell me what to do, and they said, these are the things I want you to do, and I'm like, that's it? Cool, man, I can do that. So I'd go do all that stuff, and then I would look for other stuff to do, but I'd make sure all the stuff that they wanted was done. It was, it was a piece of cake. They pay me, they gave me food, they gave me a place to sleep every night, they gave me everything. I like that, man. I don't know about you, but I don't like this independent stuff where I am, um, I, I would never want to be uh, Bill Gates, never would in a million years. I have no desire to do that. Uh, I, like, I like just being so. That's why I like my Bible, because it's easy for me to look at the Bible, and it tells me what to do, and all I got to do is try to do it, and I find out that's hard enough to do in itself. Uh, slowing down and just letting the Lord have his thing. 21, 21, 1 through 6. Now, these are the judgments which uh, thou shalt set before them. If thou buy an Hebrew servant, six years shall he, ser- shall he serve, uh, and in the seventh year, uh, seventh he shall go out free uh, for nothing. So you get saved. I'm not liking this thing to be you getting saved. That's what I did. Uh, he goes, uh, if, if, uh, if he came in by himself, I was sitting on the back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, in 1980, all by myself. Mm-hmm. He shall go out by himself. Well, 43 years later, I got a wife and, and five kids and all this other. If I want to leave my master and go out and live in this stinking, filthy world, guess what? He's saying your wife and your kids and your, everything else is going to stay. <laughs> he says, they're not yours. Uh, if he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife shall go out with him. Uh, if his master had given him a wife and she had borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall, belong, shall be her masters and he shall go out by himself. So ladies, you're not, you're not liable to your husband if he wants to go live like the devil. Uh, you don't have to. I've heard people say, "Well, I got to do with my husband." No, you don't. That's a lie. If you want to live like the devil, you want to live like the devil. But you don't have to. Let him go. Let him go. Um, likewise, husbands, let your wife go. Try everything you can to, to to keep her, but don't you go. That's the key here. I like it. But here you go. Go on. Verse four, five. And if the servant shall plainly say, "This was me. I love my master, my wife, and my children. I will not go out uh, free," then his master uh, shall bring him. Under the judges, and he uh, and he shall also bring him to the door and put uh, uh, his <laughs> put under under the door post, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall uh, serve him forever. And I'm like, yes, Lord. I said that's me right there. I said I, I don't want to go out. I've done been out. I don't know about you, but I've been out there, done that thing. This is Eliezer. Eliezer is his perfect servant. Eliezer is not looking at himself at all. He's looking at his master. His master is what he's looking at. Go to Deuteronomy 15. It's another passage there talking about a servant. It's a choice. Did you notice the choice there? He had. Uh, he didn't have to stay. He could have left any time he wanted to after his six years was up. Uh, but he started looking at how good his master was. You know, the more you spend with time you spend with your master, uh, the better off you. Uh, I, I can't remember one captain or commander or any, any uh, commanding officer that I ever served under that I didn't like because when I started meeting them and, and, uh, and then started watching and then I did what they wanted to do, they all helped me. Every single one of them helped me. Uh, the last one got mad at me because I turned down an aircraft carrier. He's an Airedale. He's a flat top guy himself. And when they offered me two aircraft carriers, that's, that's impressive. And, he, and I turned it down, boy, he got so mad at me, he fired me right on the spot, man. He put me down at family services in Pensacola, Florida, and I had to take care of all the little kids that had problems in the Navy. Here's a chief, chief electronic technician that has fixed just, my records are, are clean as, as you as a houndstooth. And he got so mad because, I mean, there's a lot of people who want that aircraft carrier, and they just offered you two of them and you turned it down. Uh, he got mad. But he loved me up to that point. <laughs> I thought it was funny. But that was the Lord. The Lord told me what to do. I had to do what he told me. 12. 1512. It says. And if thy, brother, uh, if thy brother, a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, be sold unto thee, uh, and, sh- shall serve thee uh, and shall serve thee six years, uh, then in the seventh year, that's year of Jubilee, uh, thou shalt let him go free. And when thou settest him free uh, from thee, thou shalt not let him go away empty. You know, I've seen a lot of people leave uh, Christianity and they still have their stuff and they never lose it. Isn't it amazing? The Lord never takes everything away from us that like he should. Uh, thou shalt furnish him liberally out of thy flock. So the master's stuff is still his stuff, and he just gives it to you. And out of the floor, and out of the winepress, of that wherewith the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, thou shalt give him. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt, and the Lord thy God uh, redeemeth thee. Therefore I command thee this, uh, this thing that day. And it shall be, if he shall say unto thee, I will not go away from thee because he loveth thee, and thine house, because he is well with thee, then thou shalt take it all and do the same thing. You're going to put an earring in the guy's ear, and he becomes your servant forever. I did that a long time ago, man. I got a spiritual ear all oh, right here in my ear, uh, hole in my ear with an earring in it that I told the Lord a long time ago. I said, I'm yours. I'm done. I'm finished. Uh, I don't want to go back out. I don't know why anybody would want to go back out into that mess. Uh, if you want to go back in that mess, you hadn't been in that mess long enough to see some of the things that goes on in the, and the wickedness that's out there. And the wickedness that was in me while I was out there, I said, I don't want that. I like the, I like the story of the prodigal son. I like that. I like that kid, man, when he goes out there and he gets in a pigsty. And sometimes I think that's exactly what people need is to get in a pigsty and get that filth all over them. I'm not suggesting you do that. But uh, it, it seems like some people just takes that in their life to get them there. Where they get down and they don't have no place to look but up and all that. Man, I don't know if you've ever been by a pig, pig farm, but whoo boy, those places stink. You know, you get a bunch of pigs. One pig isn't too bad. Two big pigs probably isn't too bad. But you get a bunch of pigs and they stink. I mean, to high heaven. And, and there's nothing you can do but, but deal with it. Stinking pigs, man. I, I like the prodigal son. He got out of that thing. He came back to his father and said, I'll be a servant. I'll just live out in the barn. Uh, just let me, let me hear, because there's enough food here and everything else. father said, no, 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 no you, don't. you learned your lesson, get back in. We got a great God. We serve a great God. Amen. Now, Eliezer is speaking boldly here as a type of the Holy Ghost. Uh, he's sitting here saying, and, and he said, I am Abraham's servant. Do You realize who you are today? Not just because I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I got to say, no, 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 back the thing up. Who are you? I am the Lord's servant. That's who I am. I already know that. I don't have a, I don't have a problem with that at all. I like that. That's what I made a choice. It's been it's been a lifelong experience for me trying to learn how to live up to that. But that's what I want. I don't want nothing else. I want to be His servant. Uh, I like the way He said, "I am Abraham's servant." It has nothing to do with me. I know I got all the camels and everything. Oh man, it must be cool to be able to have all the camels. See, somebody who wants to be a master someday. Eliezer easily had those camels, and he could have went off out into La La Land with the camels and all the stuff and and started himself, and and he was was well off. He didn't do that. Uh, He made sure that what he did, he was faithful to his master when he was away from his master. And when he got out there, he did exactly what his master told him to do, and he did it because he loved his master. Brother, I'm telling you what the problem is, is if you don't love Jesus today, you're going to have a problem. Uh, If you love something else equal to or greater than Jesus Christ, you're going to have a problem. Uh, It is not hard for me to let him have everything I have. I could care less. I got some stories, man. I got one here recently, man, that was funny between me and Jerry. It was hilarious. But I'm telling you, you know what? I didn't care. The the recipient of that thought he couldn't believe it. And and I couldn't believe it either. (laughs) I I said, whoa. I said, whoa, what's up with that? And, but you know what it was? I didn't care. That's my master's stuff. That's not my stuff. This stuff isn't my stuff. There is nothing in this building that, well, I got some stuff in here that's my stuff. If y'all kicked me out, I guess I would have a little brown box that I could probably take out with me. But everything that is in this thing is the Lord's. It has nothing to do with me. It was his a long time ago. I hear people say, well, I gave to that church. And I can't. Wait a second. What did you give? Did you give it to me or the Lord? If you gave it to the Lord, why are you even bringing that up to me? I have never went back to all the people I gave money to and said, hey, I gave him." I've never done that. I don't even think about that. Why? Because it's his. Oh, we're going to get into some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I like my Bible. I just like it. I think it's the greatest thing since peanut butter. The apostle Peter and John uh, in Acts, acting, go, go, to, go to Acts 4. Eliezer's got some boldness here. He walks up. He walks into a world that is, I mean, they could kill him and take everything he has. Now, he must have some servants that can help him protect everything. But I'm sure Laban had enough friends around him and and they they could have killed everybody on Eliezer's wagon train there and his little camel train and took everything the man had. That's what they did. You read through your Bible, pretty much, that's what happens everywhere, bandits and everything else. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Acts chapter 4. Eliezer comes in there boldly. I mean, you walk up boldly and you say, hey, look, guys, this is what I'm here for. This is what I want. Uh, I don't care what you think. This is what I want. You're either going to help me or you're not. Verse 5. Peter 4, 5, it says, And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and the elders and the scribes and Ananias and the high priest and Caiaphas and, and John and Alexander and many of, uh, as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst of them, uh, in the midst, they asked, by what power or what name hath ye done this thing? And Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, ye rulers of the people. And Peter starts preaching at them. Go to 7, verse 7. Verse 7, and he says, and when Peter, I, well, we are there, and when Peter, uh, and w- I already read that, didn't I? So, Peter, Peter is sitting and goes, and what power and by what name have he done this? The boldness of Peter and, and John at this particular point uh, sticks out to these guys. They, they look at him, and, and what they're talking about is back in Acts 3, Peter walks up and John walks up, mind their own business, to the temple. And there's a man lame, and they said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I given to thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk, and the guy did. And he starts jumping all over the place. And then Peter, go back to chapter 3 real quick. Peter then... Uh, Verse 12 it says, "And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people said, "Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at that? Why, why do you look at the miracle? Or why do you look at that thing? You've seen Jesus Christ here. you know who He is. Why should this thing make you marvel, uh, ye men of Israel? Why marvel at this, the man getting up? Or why look ye so earnest on us as though by our power or holiness we had made this man to walk?" The God of Abraham, and he goes on and starts preaching. Well, the scribes and the Pharisees and the elders and everybody else starts getting mad at him. And they're looking at Peter, and they don't understand why in the world this man has the boldness that he has. How did these men get bold? Well, they're like they're full of the Holy Ghost. You know what makes you bold? You say, I got a problem witnessing. Have you ever checked to maybe see if you're grieving the Holy Spirit or you're quenching him? Or if you even have him in your life. Now, if you got saved, you got him. You got all you want. But are you letting him have, are you the master or is God the master, the father the master? That'll tell you really, people say, I don't know if I could do what you do. I don't do anything. I just do what the Lord tells me to do. I've, I've tried to surrender myself to him and nobody else. And when he tells me what to do, I, I saw my mom, the other day. I love talking to my mom. My mom's great. We're going to go down there Tuesday. I'm going to take her to the doctor. Uh, she needs somebody to take her to the doctor. So we're going to drive two and a half, three hours. I'm going to make her feel bad the whole time I'm doing this. So y'all don't have to worry about that. But uh <laughs> But she actually told me I was going to hell yesterday, man. I thought, man, yes. Uh, so I gave her a couple hours to calm down, called her back. I had Beth call back to grease the skin so she, she smoothed her down a little bit. Uh, so then I called her back. and said, Mom, I got a question for you. She said, what, don't you yell at me? I said, I'm not yelling at you. I said, how come I, ain't get, I don't get the, the, the privilege to go to purgatory? I mean, why do you throw me right into hell? I said, you didn't even let me go to purgatory. She goes, because you don't believe in purgatory, so you can't go there. <laughs> I said, I said, yes! I said, amen. So there is just heaven or hell, and you're made up. You made that stuff up. It's a made-up place. It's like Alice in Wonderland. That's what that is. But I have a great time, man. I can't wait till I get down there. I'll try to shut my mouth. I really will. I doubt if I will. But I'll try. I'll try. But Peter and John are bold here, and they're trying to figure out how in the world that boldness, how did, where did this thing come from? And they just sit there and said, look, man, we're, we're going to do what God said to do, and we don't care. And they observe the boldness in these two men's lives. If you go back before Pentecost, you won't see that in Peter and John's life. You'll see them, they kind of run away at the cross. They run away. Uh, They're out fishing, and and they're they're just not bold. But boy, they come up to Pentecost, and that little flame shoots on their head, and they get a taste of the Holy Spirit in their life. You know what they do? They're not saying, I got the Holy Spirit. I can't do the ostrich little be bow tie stuff. I don't do that stuff. I mean, they just start speaking, and then somebody else you're talking about a bunch of liars. They speak and somebody else says, says what they said. What's if they said, oh, they just said they're going to give me 500 bucks. <laughs> what are you going to do at that point? How, how could you get two liars to sit there and one say something that isn't true, the second one to say what was just said? Uh, the Catholic Church is going to go back to Latin. I told my mom, I said, uh, you're a barbarian to them now. She goes, what? She goes, I know. That's what the Bible says. If you can't understand the language, yeah. If you're speaking Latin, fo and I'm like, if you didn't understand a word that guy just said, how do you know that he didn't tell you, I'm going to go out and get drunk after service? How do you know he didn't say that? Somebody's stealing your car and we're going to sell it. You have no idea what that guy's saying. And you're, we're sitting there looking, they speak, people get out there and start speaking in tongues. And if, I, I went by a church in North Virginia years ago. I was a young Christian, man. I was, said, Thursday nights, we'll teach you how to speak in tongues. I'm like, how could you do that? I thought that was spirit-given. You know what it is? That's the holy, that's in them and their, their false doctrines, what they're teaching. They're trying to magnify the Holy Spirit to us. The Holy Spirit never magnified itself to anybody. If you read this story about Peter and James or Peter and John, they're sitting there magnifying Jesus Christ. It's the name of Jesus Christ that this man is walking, not by the power of the Holy Spirit, and come upon him and gave him the little flame on it. No, no, no. They said, it's in the name of Jesus Christ this man walks. So when Eliezer's back here, you know what he's doing back to Genesis? Eliezer is magnifying the Father, which is Abraham. Brother, there's a all through your Bible is the exact same thing. Everywhere you go, it's the same thing. If you're looking for it you'll see where God magnifies the Holy Spirit. God the Father, he'll magnify the Son, and the Holy Spirit will be there magnifying these two in in sequence. It always happens. Peter says that Peter displays boldness in Acts 2, 12 through 16, does not never magnify the Holy Spirit, only magnifies Jesus Christ. Always, always. Uh, You know what's wrong with somebody, and I, I said that originally, when you really do not have how firm a foundation that foundation in your life needs to be as firm. You know what Eliezer's foundation, it was firm in his God, in his, not his God, but in his master. Eliezer had a place, you say, well, yeah, but he had a place in Yeah, but when he left with 10 camels, I mean, he chose what to put on those camels, by the way. He could have he loaded those camels up with anything he wanted, and, and in his back of his mind, I'm heading out of Dodge, and I'm going to go set myself up, and, and I'm going to go to a place where Abraham will never find me. Uh, and and he could have done just that. He didn't. You know what he did? He magnified his master. My master. Here he says, and he said, I am Abraham's servant. Well, verse 35. And he and the Lord, and the Lord had blessed my master greatly. Now, brethren, you gotta man, I tell you what, I just I marvel, I marvel. This world will get try to get you to to believe everything. Satan will try everything he can to get you to turn your mind to this world and the riches of the world and the wealth of the world and, and the career path of the world. And, and I'm not telling you not to have a career. You can have whatever you want. I was an electronic technician. I did 14 years before the Lord showed me that it was wrong. But I, was, I went into things stupidly. I didn't, know, I didn't know some things. My uncle was a Southern Baptist preacher and he never told me. He, he said, I said, hey Mike, he said, he said I got saved, man. And he even told me, he said, I have never seen anybody get saved like you. And if you want to know why I always get in everybody's nosy, my big nose gets into your business, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, because I sit there that day and, and he, I remember clear as anything. He said, Mike, he goes, you just got saved. I have, he goes, Southern Baptist preacher, 1,300 people in his church. He said, I have never seen anybody get saved like you. Not for a long, long, long time. Well, that's a sad statement. But then he goes, he goes why do you want to go in the Navy? Well, I, I, since I was a kid, 12 years old, that's all I ever want to do is go in the Navy. He goes, but why do you want to go to the Navy? I want a career. Why, why do you want a career? So I can make money. He stopped right there and never said another word to me. That's all flesh. Everybody of has flesh. Now, it took me 14 years to work that thing out. It actually took about nine. Uh, it took about eight, really, but uh, I had to stew in it for the last four or five years before I could get enough guts to quit that thing. But, but the, when I looked at that whole thing over there, he never said, Mike have you thought or considered to give the Lord a chance in your life or give him an opportunity or ask him what, he, what you would do? And, uh, and I said, no, I didn't. You know, he said uh, he gave them over there the, their lust. He gave them what they wanted. Well, I wanted that thing for so long, he gave me what I wanted. But he used it in my life to get me where I was at. But he gave me what I wanted. And then he tried to warn me once I was in the thing not to do it. It's all his. You know the Lord can flip a switch like that and give you whatever he wants to give you in a moment's notice. It's his. It is, everything is his. For, for us to even think it's ours, you know what, you know what? I'll give you a sin for you to sit there and say, I can't, when you know you should. And I don't care what that, you, you fill in the blank when it comes to can't. I can't because of. Fill in the blank. That's you. That's sin. That's sin. You know what you just did? You doubted God. That's a great thing to know. I'll tell you that right now. That's a great thing to know. Because when you know that, then you go, whoa, man. I said, well, I didn't say, whoa, man. Whoa, well, man. But no, it's not. <laughs> she's not the problem. Most of the time, she's the cure. And the Lord had blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and hath given him, and, and, hath, and, and hath given him, man, kisses. Eliezer starts bragging on the father. He starts bragging on Abraham. He goes, Abraham, man, he's got flocks. He's got lots of flocks. I said, you ever heard of a guy named Job? He's like Job, man. He's got lots of stuff, flocks and herds and silver and gold. And I just got 10 camels here. And this is just a a sample of what my master's got. My master, you know, he's got streets of gold in heaven. Man, I mean, streets of gold. Why? (laughs) You go through the the fiery trial. You go through the fiery judgment up there at at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, don't ever let me make light of the judgment seat. Tim mentioned that thing a few minutes ago about the judgment seat of Christ. But, brethren, you, you're going to go through that thing. You're going to get wood, hay, and precious, I mean, uh, uh, silver and gold and precious stones, right? Right? Okay. So you get to heaven, and you walk through, and, and it always talks about Peter at the pearly gates. So if, if there was one, if there was one, you walk in this thing, and it's a pearly gate about 100 miles high, out of one pearl, just big old monster thing. I mean, if he builds the New Jerusalem out of every gates out of one pearl, surely if there's a pearly gate there for Peter, it's going to be out of one pearl. And you're going to walk through this thing out of one pearl, one pearl, one pearl, precious stones. You're going to be walking on crystal clear gold, walking on it. Why would you care about silver and gold and precious stones? Isn't it the one who gives you the silver and gold and precious stones that matters, not the silver and gold and precious stones? My mind is like, Lord, I said, look, I appreciate all that. And I know that you're telling me in my little pea brain, I can't understand that like, like I'm supposed to probably. But I'd just really rather see you than, than that. I mean, I, I really appreciate it. I know when I get there, I'm gonna understand it and, and I'm gonna see the value in it. But to me, the value from where I'm standing right now is you. <laughs> That's the value. Uh, the, the preciousness is you. And I'm sitting there going, he has flocks and herds and silver and gold and men servants. I mean, there's, there's a multitude of angels in heaven and cherubims and seraphims. And, and I mean, you got all that. And then the saints that went on before us and, and between Jesus Christ and crucifixion, but from the beginning of time, from Adam all the way down, uh, the saints of God are going to be there. And I'm sitting there going, you got all this stuff. It's his. You can't decide whether you're going to heaven or hell. You can't even decide if there's a purgatory. You're not dead yet. There's no way you could do that. He decided all that. It's his. It's the father's. You know, Eliezer never says, oh, by the way, I did this and I did this. You know that Jesus Christ spoke and the Holy Spirit did it. He doesn't say, look, I know the Lord spoke it into being and all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. But as he spoke it, I did it. I'm like, you never hear the Holy Spirit say that. You know what he says is, Jesus Christ did it all. Jesus Christ did it all. The Lord. Now he's bragging about the Father. He's got maidservants, camels and asses. He said, everything I got here is not mine. This is my master's stuff. I'm sitting here showing you this is what. And Rebecca's eyes are probably getting bigger and bigger and bigger because she's looking like, I don't have to carry water no more. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. And I have the newest cars and the biggest house. And no, You know what she do? Rebecca's probably still running through the house getting stuff together to serve all them people. Asses. I mean, he's got the whole thing. I don't know, back then I can't imagine having a big old barn full of stuff like that, but Psalm, Psalm 5010 says this. For every beast of the forest, this is God talking through, through the psalmist. For every beast of the forest is mine. What have you got that isn't his? Name me, name me something that you, I'm sitting here right now and I'm breathing and I have to suck air in and I have to blow air out. And the air that I'm sucking and blowing out is his. I walk on the ground, it's his. The material that this carpet's made of is his. The wood that this pulpit was made out is his. The microphone, the material to make all that stuff, we took his stuff and made this up, but it's his. There is nothing, there is nothing I've had or ever will have that is mine. Amen. Except my free will. Amen. You know what he gave me is a free will. And he says... You can be my servant or you don't have to be my servant. One day you're going to come before me and I'm going to judge this thing. And you're not going to like the judgment unless you were my servant. And if you were my servant, you might not like the judgment either. <laughs> but what you're going to do is you're going to say, at least I'm on this side and not that side. And he goes, there's a doorpost somewhere out there for you. And you need." You know what's wrong with most of us is we come to church on Sunday morning. Sunday, And I really appreciate everyone here. Believe me. Uh, you don't even know how much I appreciate you. You might think I don't appreciate I do. Uh, I do things because of you. I don't do it because of me. I do it, most of the stuff I ever do is because of you guys. Uh, I don't need to do all the stuff I do. I can sit home and, and just sit there. I can't eat no more because, man, my wife's taking all that away from me. Man, she's like the, the Nazi czar over the food in our house now. It's, I mean, she's, everything's measured. She's got little scales out and all of a sudden I'm like, yeah. I, I, I got a, I did this, today's the seventh day so if you take out 140, I got 133 days left of torture. Uh, but, but that's okay. I, it's, it's getting better. I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. She made some, some pudding the other day. And if you put enough whipped cream on anything, it tastes good. Uh, <laughs> she says we can have the whipped cream because it's a fat. I, I'm like, you know, some of this stuff just doesn't make sense to me, but I'm glad she read up on it. I made her read up. I said, this is your birthday present, so you had to read up on everything. But, you know, a servant, really a servant should be someone who you, you don't want to be that. But you can't be that if you notice those two passages I read until you get to know your master. And, and both of those people in both of those passages stayed with their master for six years before they had to make a choice of whether to leave him or not. People will walk into church and make something the first time up and get out and leave. Why don't you give him six years? And then stay there and say, hey, you ain't got no better... out." El- I- you can say, people say, well, this church is terrible. Okay, well, you think the next one ain't going to be terrible by that judgment? Just sit there and suck it up, buttercup, for six years. And then at the end of the six years, if you want to go, go. We might give you a songbook and a Bible to head out the door. I mean, I, we're, we're nice people. We're, we don't know that mean. But I'll tell you what, I've told people down through history to give the Lord six months of their life. And just try to do what the Lord wants you to do for six months. And they're all still out there today. Those that haven't done that, they just couldn't do it. It's like his diet. The lady said, give me five months. I said, ma'am, I tell everybody, give you six months. Give the Lord six months. Your time, that's less time than what I'm asking them to give. I can give you 140 days. I'll try that, see what happens. I'm not really excited right now. You know what I'm gonna get excited and you're liable to see me run the aisles is when I dip below 250. I have, I have always struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled and I'll get down to 250, five, 254, 253. And then I'm like, man, that Whopper sure does sound good. I've been such a good guy. I mean, like, look at all I've done. I've lost all this. I think I'll go get me a Whopper. And then a Big Mac don't sound bad, because that two all beef patty special sauce, less uh, pickles, cheese, onions on a sesame seed bun. Sound? I used to work for McDonald's. That's why I had to learn that. that. That's been years and years ago, so I probably left some of the pieces out of there. But it's, it basically, that's a Big Mac. I said, that's got a thousand islands on it, man. That's really good. I used to work for McDonald's, man. There's a little restaurant out by my house. It was another little restaurant. guy had a trailer out there, and he was selling burgers. But he was, they looked like Big Macs. I went back to my, my McDonald's store. I said, do you know they're selling Big Macs down there? That's, that's, they're going against it. This thing's patented. And, uh, you know, I was working for McDonald's. I was trying to take care of McDonald's, man. <laughs> they thought I was stupid. The guy still sold his little Big Macs down the road. But my master... He's looking at his master, man. He says, for every beast on a thousand hills, for every beast of the forest is mine. As a matter of fact, the forest is mine. <laughs> and the cattle upon a thousand hills. Oh, by the way, the thousand hills are mine. He goes, I know all the fowls of the mountain. Do you know all the fowls of the mountain? Every time I go see one of the, watch one of these documentaries on, on Croatia, not Croatia, but uh, Costa Rica or one of these places, uh, they'll say that they have documented about you know, 10 or 15, 20% of the wildlife there. The Lord knows every one of them. Every single one of them. And he can tell you which one is which, and he's he's got a name probably for each one of them. He goes, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. This is Eliezer. You know what he's talking about? He's bragging about God. You know what you would do really good to do is just learn how to start bragging about the Lord Jesus Christ and and God the Father. That would change your life. You know what people need to hear? They don't need to hear, oh, what do you think about this? Oh, the world's falling. It's a stock market. Oh, interest rates are going up. Okay, so what? Who cares? Uh, (laughs) Really, man, uh, Biden is is probably a happy camper because uh, he's at least, least, well, no, Carter's a happy camper because Biden is now worse than Carter was. (laughs) I was there when Carter was, man. I went in the Navy right after Carter and Reagan came in. And all of a sudden, man, these guys that was in the military just before uh, Reagan came in in 1980, I mean, they were getting like two pennies a day to work in the, and, and, and nothing, man. I mean, no food. To, uh, they couldn't have, you couldn't have a wife. You couldn't have a kid. If you had anything, you couldn't live. You were in poverty. That's where you were. You were out there begging money for everything else. Reagan comes in, all of a sudden, wages start going ping through the roof. I didn't see no problem with it. I had two jobs when I was out. I worked for two different steel plants. I had tons of money. When I went in, it was about equal. I didn't really have, you know what Reagan did? He went from down here to up to here. I never got to see that. But 1980, it was, it was just as bad as it was right now. And it could get worse. Why do you care? I don't care. My father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He'll take care of me. I don't have a thing to worry about. Christians who spend much time magnifying the Holy Spirit and his gift are carnal as the day is long. You say, Oh, you're talking about the Holy Spirit? No, I'm not talking about, I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit's job is. God shows you through the Bible what the holy, he's using Eliezer as an example. This story isn't here just because, down through time, he could have chose a thousand million stories. He chose this story for a reason. He was, Eliezer is uh, far away from his master, and he's far away from the son. And and Jesus Christ said, I must go that the comforter may come. And when the comforter will come, he will bring all things you remember whatsoever I've said unto you. So the comforter is sitting here right now trying to do the master's work for us down here. That's what he's doing. You know what he's trying to do is get the master's bride. Guess who that is? Woohoo! that's us, man. Some of y'all just don't look excited. You're like, I know all that. I got, a, I got something here just, in, man, it's 9.45. He's gonna ding me in like four minutes. Verse 36. And Sarah, my master's wife, bare a son to my master when she was old. And unto him hath he given all that he hath. Go to Matthew uh, 11 real quick. Matthew 11. Man, man, we need two hours. We need to start Sunday school at 8. It's done. 9. I know y'all ain't going to do that, man. We come in here Thursday nights. And uh, Joe, Joe started teaching from 7 to 8, and he gets done pretty promptly. And then we go from 8 to whenever, usually it's midnight. Uh, the other night I think it was 10, 10.30, somewhere, what was it, 10? It was after 10. We started at 8, 10, it was 10.30 at least, yeah. It was, it, and it just never ends. And it's not them necessarily asking questions, it's me just... And uh, Amy had to get up and leave. Uh, and i called her i called her I called her out on that you know I, I knew the, i said she 's wicked, but she was tired, and she i mean she works all day long and I had to go pick her kid up at uh, her daughter up at, at at work and you know and she well, if you ought to got done at night you know maybe i don 't know no we won 't get done at night we won 't get done at, we might not get done at midnight. You know what that is that's you know why Utica fell out the window because Paul just kept going on and on and on and on. And he was, don't, don't ever sit in the window on the third floor, second floor either. Um, first floor is bad enough unless there's bushes out there catch you. Uh, and they will catch you. But, but what you got to do is you got to sit there. Don't sit in the window. Sit in the pew. Fall asleep there. Do whatever you want. Matthew. Matthew 11. Man, I tell you what. It's just, you start talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. But people come in and they just want to come to class and just sit there, man. And just hear something about Jesus Christ. Matthew 11. I'll stop right here. Matthew 11:25. 25. is getting ready to start now talking about about the son because Abraham's giving everything to Isaac the, the succession goes right down to him uh, 11 11 11 25. and it says this at this time at that time Jesus answered and said I think that he's praying oh father Lord of heaven and earth because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent and has revealed them unto babes even so father So uh, for so it seemeth good in thy sight and hath delivered unto me of my father uh, and had delivered and all things are delivered uh, unto me of my father and no man knoweth the son but the father. Everything is given to Jesus Christ. The devil uh, over in Revelation, man, I still got one minute. Go to Revelation. The devil in the temptation of Christ in chapter four, sake of time, 11, uh, Revelation 11. Uh, he tried to offer him the kingdoms of the world. You can't offer him something that's already his. You know, he let him, he's letting him use them for a while, but he's going to, he's going to take them back here shortly and they're going to be delivered unto him. 11, uh, Revelation 11, 15. And it says this, and the seventh angel sounded and there were great voices uh, in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of, uh, and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. And he goes on and on and on and on. You know what Eliezer's doing now? He's starting to brag about the sun. He's going, to, my master is here. You just think about that thing. How about you? Thank you. You wicked. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Jerry, for that enlightening moment in, in our Sunday school class. Everybody's probably looking for that. <laughs> but no, uh, Eliezer is sitting there. You think about that. What if somebody said, "Hey, I want you to go get me something for somebody else"? I like, oh man, that story of, of uh, Haman in uh, uh, Esther, the book of Esther. Haman comes out there; he's in the courtyard. Oh, he thinks, "Oh, I'm the second of the king." And the king comes in. Haman, what should be done to the man that pleaseth the king? That arrogant pig thought it was him. And then the Lord says, "He goes, oh yeah, well, if it was me." This is what I would do. Because <laughs> I would like this, this, this. You know, that's what Haman's heart. That could have been easy or easy. Haman said, oh, I would, I would take the king's cap, uh, mule and all the king's royal apparel. And I'd put him on him. And I'd have somebody walk him around and say, uh, thus shall it be to the man that the king seeketh to honor. Because he was looking at himself to take the king's place. That's what he wanted. And the Lord said, you know, you get sucked up that thing, the, the arrogance and the pride, uh, only by pride cometh contention. And I loved it when the king said, that's a great idea, man. Go do that to Mordecai, (laughs) your enemy. He didn't know he was his enemy. He had no idea. But boy, I tell you what, you're talking about the Lord changing, turning tables real quick. You know what Eliezer did? He learned a long, long time ago, how firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord. Uh, I mean, he got on his foundation, and uh, I was singing about this song. I ain't going to sing it, so I got to shut up because I got, it still, it says 50 back there, so I still got a couple seconds. Before Jerry rings, double rings me. and uh, He said he wanted to set up one of the hook things to come out the wall and grab me and drag me off the thing. But he wanted the guy who does the maintenance to put it in and he just refuses to do it. <laughs> Tell me the old, old story. You know what, I'm going to get into some stuff here next week, but it's, it, Eliezer repeats itself over and over again. He tells Rebecca out by the, the uh, well the story. Now he's in here telling the story again. And you know what, what's wrong with most of us? We hate to get, hear the, I've heard that before. Eliezer didn't have a problem telling it before, and you shouldn't have a problem listening to it again. Uh, he just told it to one girl out there. Now he's going to tell the same story over Tell me the old, old story of unseen things above. Tell me the old, old story. Uh, tell me the story slowly. Slowly. We're going to stay here for another hour. Slowly. Tell me the story softly. Tell me the story, old story... uh, Tell me the same old story when you have cause to fear that the world's empty glory is costing me too dear. Yeah, brother, I'm telling you what, this world world has absolutely nothing. I'm done. This world has absolutely nothing to make you afraid if you get a hold of God. If you you start looking at where is my fear based? Is it based on something that's on this planet that affects this? Or is it something that affects this? And if it does this, toss that sucker out the window, man. It's, it's no value. That's just the devil trying to get you to move this way, trying to get the old man to do what he wants to do. But you get that heart, and you are like, Lord, I know you'll take care of me. I know, okay, then, then how are you going to do it, or how, what do you want me to do? You might be the beggar by the rich man's gate with sores all over you and dogs licking your wounds, and you die that way, but you end up in Abraham's bosom, in our case, we'll end up in heaven. Or you might be like Bill Gates and make a billion dollars, but what are you going to do when you make $100 billion? What are you going to do with what you got? If you're not faithful, that he that is faithful with least will be faithful with much. If you never learn how to be, you know what that is? That's that foundation. You get on that foundation, you get that thing secure and, and, and fixed where you can't be mined off that thing, and you'll be a servant that will serve the right master. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for just letting us uh, learn some things about Eliezer, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. I didn't get through much of it, Lord, but this thing is packed, Lord. Just thank you for all your blessings this morning. Thank you for everybody that came out. Bless the morning service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, and amen, and amen.